The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Radio Wave Medjinomics with our host, a friend of Medjugorje. During the course of the last two and a half days, it's been a very spirit-filled and power-punched uh, how-to convention here at Caritas. We've had uh, an incredible uh, lineup of speakers, presenters, uh, everything from uh, pr- personal liberty to liberty in the nation. And as the scripture says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there also is liberty and certainly through the course of these days, the Spirit of the Lord has been moving here at Caritas amongst everyone here. And so it's uh, it's been a very, very powerful uh, few days here. So uh, we still have uh, the next half of this uh, of today to uh, finish with the uh, convention. But uh, we're thanking for all those who have been praying for this. Uh, it has been uh, absolutely uh, something that uh, cannot be described in words. And uh, again, we feel here the beginnings of liberty taking place. So a friend of Medjugorje is in the studio with us, along with uh, Frank. Frank's also joining us as well. And uh, so we, through the course of this broadcast, a friend of Medjugorje is going to open up for us some things about uh, what we've been discussing over the last few days. And uh, it's pertinent to uh, your life and uh, things that you can live. So this is 
Radio Wave Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Of course, the subject these days is about the future and then about the past at the same time, about our Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, where we are, where we've gone, what's happened to us. And we have a time when these days to talk with people have the shared ideas, the ideas that they don't have information yet, but have derived better formation about the future. And that's what everybody out there listening to this needs to be thinking about. What do you do on your Saturdays? Saturdays is the one day you can be putting an investment into the future. But you're not doing anything in the future when you go to a soccer game or a football game or spend your Saturdays fibrously going shopping. That's the turnaround day to start establishing your future that you can start looking Riding out into the countryside and start thinking, why do you want to be in a subdivision? Why do you want to be in a city? Where is the worst place to be if the economy crashes? Where is the best place to be? Ask yourself these questions. And what you need to be doing in your life at this moment is asking a lot of questions. We know people that just fibrously spent their time around, looking where we're going to eat on Friday and Saturday night, just doing their life, following everybody else, that now works like dogs on Saturdays with their kids and into the evening. My wife and I did that over 35, 40 years ago because we were anxious in the sense of not with anxiety to get ourselves established that we would, we would not have to be paying out money for food. And we made good money after we got our business going. It wasn't that we couldn't afford it. It's just that we knew it wasn't security. And that was before insecurity that everybody sees now even existed. If you had a depression, they waited for it to come out of it. Or a recession, they waited for you to come out of it. That Most people in the 60s, 70s had still fresh thoughts of the depression in 1929. We went through some depressions in the 70s and in the 80s, or rather recessions. And in those recessions, it's just going to be a year year and a half, and we come out of it. We're not coming out of what's hum- coming now. There's no way to correct. There's no way to bounce back. And any downfall we have with the economy and bounce back is only a bounce that God's grace allows us to shake us up, to make us think, and make us reflect, to think, I need to change the way I'm living, the way I'm walking. And what would I think if I had nothing to eat next year? And no means to feed myself take from, from my sound ground to feed myself. If that's the case, then you will curse yourself. And if you've grown in holiness, if you don't curse yourself, you'll kick yourself. Because of all the stupid things you did on Saturday, and I'm saying stupid because what we live is totally frivolous. And you'll be sickened by it. Don't waste time. Our lady said, you are not its master. You won't be able to correct things like you've done in the past, that you did something in a bad decision 20 years ago, and then three years ago you corrected it. You won't have the means to do it. What was the hurricane that hit New York? Hurricane what? Sandy. Sandy. Hurricane Sandy hits New York very sophisticated structure of civilization that has food being delivered in New York, Staten Island, all over the place constantly. 
an integrated system. And my son adjusted up there, saw people and sat down, wealthy people, digging in the dumpsters because they were hungry because they can't get the food to them. But they had in the back of the mind, food's coming. Why? Because they knew everything in the country still operated as it did the day before the hurricane hit. So they knew sooner or later there'd be something coming. They knew sooner or later they'd get help. But what if the economy falls and everybody's in the same state of a Hurricane Sandy or Hurricane Ivan or Hurricane Katrina? Hurricane Katrina, they talked about, really damaged FEMA and our financial ability to respond. It was so devastating as far as financial drain on the government. One little tiny storm. You say, well, it's giant. No, one little tiny spot on the United States, the coast there. Very, very small percent of the country took resources from all across the country and the government. So when everybody's in that boat in the same way and looking in the dumpsters and they're your competitors to find the food first, what are you going to be doing? It's just reason. You all know something's coming. And you're thinking, well, I, you know, I don't hear anybody anymore say, well, you know, it's going to get better. Uh, it's, it's, we're going to recover. And I would be sick just 12 months ago to hear people saying that. Don't you see it? You rarely hear people say that. So with the attitude changing and realizing life as we know it won't be continuing or something's going to change or I don't know or I'm confused or what's well, going to happen, people are starting to think, but not advanced enough to say, what's the future? The future is community. You want to be in this state without it? It's very dangerous. The read today is entitled, Who Knew Vegetable Gardens Could Be So Revolutionary? by Dr. Mercola. In the U.S., backyard vegetable gardens are still viewed mostly as a hobby, an activity that you can engage in to get away from your daily grind, get your hands dirty, and spend some time in nature. But this is rapidly changing. Thanks to a growing movement of people who are not only in love with the process of gardening, but also the literal fruits of their labor. Yes, homegrown food is fresher, taster, tastier, and often more nutritious than produce shipped from across the globe. But gardening is a much grander than that, as it puts you in control of a commodity that is, at its very essence, survival, freedom, and health. Growing your own food is the way of the future. Ironically, by getting back to our foundational roots of self-sufficiency and oneness with nature, it's time to start planting your 21st century victory garden. During World War II, many foods, including butter, eggs, coffee, meat, and sugar, were rationed by the government. There were also labor and transportation shortages that made it difficult for enough fresh produce to be brought to the market. And so the government called on Americans to plant victory gardens in order to supply their own fruits and vegetables. It's inspiring to look back on now as close to 20 million Americans planted produce in every nook and cranny they could find, from rooftops and empty lots to their own backyards, and they grew 40% of the produce in the U.S. Neighbors began to work together, planting varying crops and forming food cooperatives to share their harvests with one another. 
Unfortunately, when the war ended, so too did many Americans' gardening efforts. Today, Americans largely tend to their lawns, all 35 million acres of them. New York Times author Michael Pollan was one of the first to tackle the absurdity of the pursuit of lush green lawns. Pollan says, These are a symbol of everything that's wrong with our relationship with the land. Over environmentally friendly and productive landscapes like vegetable gardens, meadows, or orchards. Unlike a vegetable garden, which gives back in the form of fresh produce and a symbiotic relationship with soil, insects, wildlife, a lawn gives nothing, yet requires significant chemical treatments and meticulous mowing and watering to stay within society's confines of what a properly manicured lawn should be. New York Times food columnist Mark Bittman has pointed out that if only 10% of Americans converted lawns into food-producing gardens, it would supply one-third of America's fresh produce. That's quite impressive. Revolutionary, even. In the 21st century, as increasing numbers of people are growing fed up with industrial agriculture, dissenting from our monopolized food system by planting your own backyard garden may be the only path to good health and freedom. Thomas Jefferson was a gardening enthusiast, but his passion for growing food went beyond his own backyard. Apparently, he believed that America was incapable of becoming a true republic unless 20% of its citizens were self-sufficient on small farms. This would enable them to be real dissenters, free to voice opinions and beliefs without any obligation to food producers who might hold their survival at stake. During World War II, Americans rallied together to grow vast acres of victory gardens that ended up supplying 40% of the nation's wartime food supply, an astonishingly large quantity of produce in a relatively short period of time when you stop to think about it. Sadly, in 2014, we are further than ever from that self-sufficient ideal that Jefferson hoped for. By contrast, Americans now tend 35 million acres of lawn, approximately 54,000 square miles. Lawns are the biggest crop in the U.S., covering an area three times greater than corn, and yet they are essentially horticultural deserts with nothing for little pollinators to find but fatal pesticides. I've often thought, going down the roads and seeing all the nice businesses landscaped, why do they put the money they put into that? And I used to be in that, comp- the, that field. Why would they put all that money in there, except they don't stop to think about, this is the time they should be planting corn or tomatoes, and put the same budget for the maintenance for that for the employees, which has sparked an interest for most who have never done that, that, hey, I could do this at home. All the companies, or if you own a company, you're a business owner, or you had a corporate thing, why have you got, we got all this decorative lawn and decor as far as the plant species instead of putting in food? And nothing else, have gleamers that can come and pick from it. Our neighbors for good PR is much more beautiful. There's nothing more beautiful than a beautiful garden. There's a person down the road I, we'd go down and watch just pass. We always look at the garden, 
And that's what Adam and Eve did, walk in the cool evening in the garden, because it was beautiful. We got everything in our ornamental plants, which for the time we're in is mindless. If you own a company, if you work for a corporation, start suggesting this. Why are we doing this? Look up the budget. It costs tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, just to maintain some of these things for some of these buildings. And that's why we put on our shipping ramp here corn every year. Because people have never been so close to corn that they can touch it. We saw a vendor here. She was a salesman. I didn't say saleswoman. She was a salesman. And she walked down the shipping ramp. And I, as she was leaving, I saw her from upstairs in the window. I was looking. She walked past the corn, and she just reached out her hand and just let a, a leaf of the stalk just float through her hand. And maybe it was the first time she's ever touched corn. But it was intriguing because people don't really stand next to it. They say, ooh, how tall that is. We're not thinking people anymore. If there's anything about the messages of Our Lady, it's to start thinking. Start thinking when a tornado hits. Just in that area, the resources and the mind it takes just to come in and correct that or help it or help people. These are specs. These are nothings. Not minimizing people who just lost their life in that. But I'm saying on the news, people didn't want to come here because they saw so much about tornadoes. We never saw anything. Yes, there was one hour away from here. And often we have that, maybe just just 10 minutes from here. But you go by trees every day, all day long. It's been there for 100 years. Tornado hasn't knocked that down. But the media you see on the screen, that little two-foot-by-two-foot screen, it looks like the whole place is hit. Our Birmingham Alabama's wiped off the map because we go to the negative. But one thing that's not going to be just a little spot is it cannot collapse. It's total. It's devastating, affecting from the highest to the lowest, from those who have the most wealth and assets and those who have the most, most, and those who have the most food to the ones that don't. You're going to be equal. You're going to be on the same shoulder, yoke to yoke. The blue blood, bloods in the Middle Ages was called such because they ate off silver spoons. And silver spoons causes you to turn blue because it does something to your pigments. Silver does that. And so all the peasants, not even off silver spoons, when the bubonic plague came, they all died. And so that left the blue bloods to have to go not have laborers to pay with goods and money. They had to get out in the gardens, and for the first time, they realized and appreciated the peasants and how valuable they were. Not their money, but those they paid money to, who now they couldn't pay to because they had to do it themselves. Silver stops infection, and so they didn't get the diseases. And some of them may have been envious of the peasants who died and went on to see the glory, especially the Christian ones. And they had the toil in the field. So money's not going to save you, blue bloods. The government's not going to save you, those who don't have money. The only thing that's going to save you is God. And God's sending his messenger now to show you what to do, how to do it, how to think, and live more in harmony with what was ordained from the very beginning of time with man. By the sweat of your brow shall you eat. But I've got money. Then buy land, buy 500 acres, buy 200 acres, buy 1,000 acres, and build houses for people if you got money. Not to have a mentality where I'm going to put peasants there, 
but to have wealth there through the people that will help you grow food, raise pigs, milk cows, make butter, that you might have it. That's your victory. That's your investment. You cannot have a better investment, no matter what your portfolio is, no matter how much money you have, than if you bought hundreds of acres, bought the equipment, build the barns, build everything, put people on there, give applicants, make sure they get shared values. If you're Baptist, you want all Baptists, then do that. If you're Catholics, you want all Catholics, then build ten houses, build a little chapel there. Make a community. You can create that with your wealth. That is wealth. That's real wealth. Because if something happens, you've got a system that they're growing food, they're feeding themselves, and you being the landowner, and if you want to say plantation owner, so be it. Plantations were beautiful places. That's why they put them in Gone with the Wind. Beautiful communities. What about slavery? Well, there was there was sides to that. They still had family life. People are more slave today than they were back then. Take your choice. Am I saying to create slavery? No. But people indentured themselves, and you're going to see people say, I'll be your slave. If you got a system, they're going to be coming to you. Just feed me. They'll work for food. they got signs on the side of the road because it's easy to do that now. But you have people that were literally saying, you just feed me breakfast and supper. I'll skip dinner and just let me work for you. And that's what an indentured servant was. People back in the slave days didn't even refer to the slaves as slaves, as servants. Part of the family, a lot of them were. Here in the South, we had good relationships with people who were black. They were part of the family. We called them aunts. I may we call Aunt Maybell. And so what you see, what you hear is not all the truth. Well, people understand things are being. People are going to beg. White Kentuckians wanted to be slaves. Did you know that? Because they were eating. And the white Kentuckians in a little bitty hut were starving to death. There's people in the future that will want to put themselves in a slave position. And in these days, to mention that is dangerous. I'm not advocating slavery. I'm not saying we need slaves. So get off of that trash. Don't come and say something like that. I'm telling you what people will do in the future to eat. And not only that, cannibalism. This is coming. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to avoid the economic collapse. It will happen. And the, the, the economy's recovery ain't going to happen. You need to get that in you. It is not going to happen. And your deepest regrets won't be the people that don't have a lot of money. The deepest regret will be those who had the money to set up and make some kind of plantation-style place where you could have people that you could have your kids raised with, you shared your values, and you didn't do it. And then your money's worthless because you're going to be a blue blood trying to scratch out of the soil what the people that could have been doing it and been happy with you, been family with you, that you didn't take that opportunity. And like you said, it, it's, not, it's sad not to take the opportunity God gives. This bouncing up and down in the economy is opportunity to wake you and shake you up. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. Get yourself in order because God wants you to survive. God wants the rich to survive. God wants the poor to survive. Those who have transformed their life. Those who are Christian. Those who are following his messages. Because they are to build the new society, the new culture. Frank? Yeah, not only to survive, but to to thrive. Uh, You know, um, Jesus said, I came to give you life and, and life abundantly. 
but in in my view the time that we have is is a supernatural grace because the system by its nature and by natural law fractional reserve banking fiat money there's only there's only a few that can get out and get these into into real things and so it's much like Mariana's uh, when she asked for a sign. Her watch started to turn backwards. This is this is where we are now. Our Lady's provided us more time by getting us on our knees, getting us praying and fasting. And she says, through prayer and fasting, you can avert the laws of nature. And it's it's really the only reason that we still have have time to prepare. And um, and I know that. Uh, you know the, the stuff that you're talking about, and and Clyde Bundy's getting, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, grief and racist comments because he said something from a biblical worldview, and I don't know exactly what he said, but if I, if well, let's what, just what say, I think he said, I, I've listened to the clips, but what if what I think he said is is that the welfare system is more despotic than slavery, and from a biblical world view, it is more despotic because the Bible says slaves be obedient to your masters. But it says idleness is the, the devil's the devil's playground. So the so the system is more despotic. It's not it's not a racist statement. It's you know the the uh, slaves you know produced and they were part of a family. They were part of a community. They're part of an economic system. But so one clip I listened to is Clavin Bundy's bodyguard. He's black. And the news media caught him there and said, what do you think about Bundy? That's your garden. He's racism. He said, he's not a racist. He said, what do you think? What he said about this or that? And he quoted him out of the context of the whole conversation because I've heard that clip as Bundy said too. And he says, the man's not a racist. He said, I'm, I'm with the man at home. The man's not a racist. And this news guy insisted, well, how can you say that? He said, such and such out of context the way that media does. He says, the man's not a racist. I'm with him all the time. I'd take a bullet for him. Incredible. The media's a lie. you got to learn how to understand what people say in the context they say it to see where we are. In fact, I heard uh, a Christian organization talking about we have more slavery today than we've ever had in, history, in the history of the world. As a lot of countries have that. And so the subject comes up, and we keep hearing about it, for painting people as victims because somebody five generations ago was slaves. I don't care. My grandfather came over here worse than a slave. Dirt. They didn't have no place to go to. They didn't have no income. They didn't have no food to eat. And the coal miners went from Colorado to Birmingham and different places like that. So get off the victim stuff. And if that's infected you and you're thinking, which is what Obama's trying to create, is a bunch of slaves, um, whites and blacks, because he knows that if he feeds you and he takes care of you, then you're going to get his vote, and the powers of be can do what they need to do. And all these laws that they're passing, uh, or all the, all the things they're letting go with Colorado, people can be on dope all the time. George Soros is behind that. People never bring this up. Soros is behind this. George Soros went to the state legislatures seven, eight years ago with determined to pass this in six states. I just talked to somebody in Colorado. He says, you can't believe the people walking around. 
not even in themselves, all doped up. Don't buy into the lie. Don't think this is a good thing. It's a bad, bad thing. I know libertarians sit there and say, well, people got a right. No, they don't. You don't have a right. You have a right to drink wine. It's not immoral to compliment a meal, but not to get drunk and get in a car. And what Colorado's doing now is has one purpose. There's no flavor to it. There's no compliment to steak dinner or something fine or an occasion. It's just to get high. And you think that's moral? You think it's okay? You think it's going to lead to something good? This is disaster. Because if they can make the whole nation this way, you got a nation you can take over. This is George Soros. He's behind this. Do your research. Nobody mentions this. Even your big talk show host now. If you haven't mentioned it five or six years ago, we did the research. He targeted this. This is his thing. It's from Satan himself. So don't advocate this is okay. Or they got the right to do it. No, you don't. We come to an immoral society, and this is a very, very grave mistake. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll free, 877 936 7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. We will be having a second of the month come up. What day is that? Friday. This coming Friday. Whoa, I'm supposed to be out of town. Let's figure something out. But nevertheless, where we go, the message comes to us and it has to get out. And we'll be here for that for you. And we'll look forward to that. And until next time, we wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.